da, 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 da. Okay, I cannot hum, I cannot hold a beat, but it is so easy, so easy to have the music of Nightmare Before Christmas running through your mind at all times. That that's how good Danny Elfman. That's that's our our mastermind. That that's the true star of Nightmare Before Christmas. That is how well he put together this music. He produced it. He wrote it. Did the whole orchestra, vocal, like mastermind genius, and potentially right. I mean, look, we know John Williams has his stuff, but holy crap, the themes of Danny Elfman. I mean, you you can make an argument. Because, like, you can't just hold on to Star Wars and you can't just hold on to Indiana Jones. Uh, Jaws barely holds up when it comes to John Williams. Okay, everyone, Peter A. DeLuca here. It's Cinemas. It's episode 431. Welcome to AKA Pads Audio Audacity Podcast. Home of your boy over here, the pop culture pope, spicy burrito, bang energy drink. We are ready to go. This freaking movie. I, I just, you know, like, I, I wanted to use this this platform to tell you guys a little bit of a story and and this led into what i call my my personal my great blackout my great blackout was in the mid 2000s where i gave up movies i um mostly gave up drawing i gave up reading comic books i was only reading books and working uh, in a corporate environment in Center City, New uh, Philadelphia. I almost said Center City, New Jersey. But I was giving myself my own like MBA crash course. But what led to this is the idea that I was able to give up this like geek culture obsessive uh, lifestyle or um, progress or I don't know fake validation. Because I feel like the geek community is nothing but fake validation. I just saw someone today. Quick little little side nudie here. Little side dish. I saw someone post today that someone spoiled Spider-Man uh, Far From Home or No Way Home. They spoiled it. And they wished uh, endless diarrhea on that person. And I commented. I said, dude, it's just a movie. Relax. You'll forget the movie in one year by the time you see it. Okay? So it's cool. This is the fake validation. This is the, it's weak. Uh, it's almost like the beginning of wokeism. The rise of geek culture and wokeism, I think, are congruent. So, going back to 1993, I might have been in the 6th or 7th grade. I, it, there was two movies that somehow, because in, in, we used to go into the newspapers. I used to go into the newspapers and make clippings of the black and white movie posters and check showtimes and stuff like that. That's the way you did movies back in the day. And I clipped out two of them. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Never saw that in the theater. Painful. Regretful. Uh, one of the reasons why I love this movie so much is be, is from not being able to do that for whatever reason. Even though the, the movie's the best interpretation of Dracula ever. But eh. And the second was this one. And I was way more connected to Tim Burton because even back then, it was known that he was like a former animator. I've read every single interview with Tim Burton. I used to go to the bookstore. I never bought the book, but there's a book called Burton on Burton that I used to go to my local Barnes and Noble and obsessively read. I remember there was one copy there that was almost like my reader copy. 
and uh, it, it was just like, you know, like the spine was all torn up and, and, and everything. Uh, you know, like not torn up, but like used. Uh, and the one day I went there to go buy it, that disappeared. So I've had this like longing for Tim Burton. And 1989, Batman, extremely impactful. And not being able to see Nightmare Before Christmas and then later discovering that movie. And then as it rose, because Nightmare was, it, it, it was, it made money at the box office. I think it made about a hundred million, but it wasn't just like insane smash. It wasn't just cultural impact. But then slowly the Hot Topic kids made Nightmare Before Christmas everything that it is now and it was adopted by Disney within the parks and that what solidified it and I recall one of my trips to Disney where I bought this giant Nightmare Before Christmas snow globe uh it was delicate it was like maybe like three feet tall uh, I remember paying like a hundred and something for it and I had I was so paranoid by getting it back to Jersey and the airline was so freaking cool they actually took it they they kept it in the cabin the stewardesses held on to it got it back uh put it in my basement slash den slash room slash giant production studio thank you to both of my parents Tony and Leslie for allowing me to do that in their house and the slow understanding of everything that made Nightmare Before Christmas great and impactful. The idea that Tim Burton did the drawings, that he worked closely with the storylines, that it's a part of a huge run with Tim Burton, Beetlejuice, Nightmare, Batman, Pee-wee's uh, Big Adventure, all of that stuff. And, and Tim Burton, in my eyes, became this like uh, diamond this guy that that was multi-platform he was interesting he had vision he had views he made edward scissorhands technically should be in cinemas maybe well because disney puts it in uh in their holiday uh <laughs> selection now but no and i always go back to nightmare before christmas to see pure imagination to quote willy wonka to see imaginative power and to see the arc of Jack Skellington, and I always, always, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this, okay? I always wanted to know what Jack did next, and that's the biggest question about Nightmare Before Christmas is does he have Christmas now within Halloween? Does does the, the spirit, the love, the holiness of Christmas, does it bleed into his sat satanic worshiping holiday, Halloween? <laughs> but no, I always thought about it. I always wanted to extrapolate that and maybe like do my own like outlaw mini comic that, that went into that. But no, but everyone, this movie is Christmas. This movie defines it. This movie, Santa Claus, is awesome. Oogie Boogie, amazing villain. His minions, his kids, awesome. All the little inside Halloween jokes. The idea of the forest and the different holidays through the trees. It is there. And it's abstract enough that we are to follow it. Pretty much, 
I would say, like, um, the way how they cross between the holidays, very similar to Pixar's Monster, Inc. Very similar logic, similar explanations, similar definitions of how those rules work. They echo one another. A lot of people miss that, and that's why you listen. But everyone, because I gave up Nightmare Before Christmas, because I was a kid, and I was so upset about not seeing it, I was able to give myself a break from chasing uh, first releases, chasing rare comics, chasing action figures. That was the beginning of this exhaustion that led into a second phase of my life of self-development, self-improvement. And when I came out of that, you know, start to rediscover Nightmare Before Christmas, it is the most impactful Christmas movie that that I can present to you. And if you haven't seen it, and if you don't listen to the music, and you don't look at the design work, and understand that it is, it's animated by, ter- uh, you know, like it's hand animated. They move these these models inch by inch. It's amazing the, realizing the size of what some of these sets were, the expertise, and a little bit of lost knowledge. You watch Nightmare, the, a lot of the institutional knowledge that was a part of that movie is not there. It's infinitely fascinating. It's Hollywood. It's magic. It's Christmas. It's Tim Burton. It's Danny Elfman. It is a cultural milestone that crawled up that hill to take it all over. Everyone, aka Pads, all the Audacity podcast. I love you and thanks for hanging out. Ho, 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 ho.